Do you want to wake up feeling like you're stepping into who you're meant to be, into the best possible version of you? What if I told you that the key to your best life, health, and happiness are all around you? You just have to find what works for you. I'm Hope Pedraza, and I believe that there isn't just one way to live a healthy and meaningful life, and that all you need is a little inspiration to make changes that last from the inside out. Each week, I'll be sharing tangible tips and inspirational interviews to help you on your journey. These are the steps to take to improve your life and live with purpose. This is Hopeful and Wholesome. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Today, I want to talk about just give you a basic kind of lesson, if you will, on mineral balancing. I've been talking about this a lot. And in the um, Revive and Thrive Hormone Restoration Challenge that I did not too long ago, we talked about this in the program and I got a lot of questions on it. And so it made me think like, well, people, first of all, it's, I think this is kind of something that we just don't really talk about a lot. And it's something that most people don't really know about. And it's really something that intrigues people when I was talking about it, because I think a lot of the things I was talking about really resonated with people with the things they were feeling or things they had experienced or just, you know, correlated with some symptoms. And so I want to give kind of a brief lesson on mineral balancing, just to kind of illustrate the importance of mineral balancing. And maybe for you listening, this could be the missing piece. This could be the piece that you haven't addressed yet. And, you know, you've done some healing work on yourself or you worked with a practitioner, um, but you haven't addressed this and this could be the missing link. And I found that with a lot of my clients, this is the missing link. And a lot of my clients have worked with, um, whether it be multiple doctors, other functional practitioners, other, um, you know, health practitioners. And, they, they just haven't found like, again, it's just like that, that one thing that's missing. Maybe they just haven't found that one thing that is keeping them from feeling their best or for like really getting rid of the symptoms or for like really feeling like, you know, I have my body back. And this is actually one of the first steps that I take with my clients is mineral bouncing. We do the HTMA test, which is the hair tissue and mineral analysis. And it's one of the things I look at first and foremost to kind of see like, you know, what is the baseline we're working with? Like, where are the main deficiencies? Where are the main imbalances? Because, well, let's talk about minerals first. Minerals are the spark plugs of the body. This is like what drives all of the, the enzymes and the hormones and the cells. It's driving everything to do what it's supposed to do. This is what's driving the energy throughout the body are these minerals. And when the body is deficient in minerals, when the body is depleted, it's, it's going to cause symptoms. It's going to cause things to go haywire, which is, and this is why I use this kind of in my, you know, initial part of the protocol, because when the body is depleted, when it is deficient, when there are imbalances with minerals, the body really isn't strong enough to handle any additional protocols, much less something like, you know, a parasite protocol or something, you know, there's something really going wrong in the body you know, adding a bunch of things to the body, adding a bunch of supplements to the body or whatever, asking the body like, Hey, here's some stuff, you know, go heal yourself. Well, if the minerals are deficient, then it, it, it can't, it literally can't, which is why I think so often people come to me who have worked with other practitioners that worked with other functional health practitioners, and they haven't been able to feel that relief they're looking for because this hasn't been addressed. And it, it, I mean, it's literally just the missing piece, right? So in, it's important to understand that when we're looking at minerals, 
it's not just about the individual minerals. It's about the ratios of these different minerals. And so just looking at, at the minerals, like just at face value is not really telling you a lot because they all interact with each other. Some of them work in synergy with each other. Some of them are like antagonists. They, they kind of work against each other, right? So there's, it's all about balance. And I know I've talked about this before and we talked about hormones, right? It's the same thing, right? With, with estrogen and progesterone, like you have to have the right balance of each. So too much estrogen is not a good thing. Too much progesterone is not a too not a good thing. Too little estrogen is not a good thing. Too little progesterone, right? There has to be a balance. And it's the same thing with these minerals that there has to be a balance of all of them. And they have to work together in the right way and they have to interact with each other in the right way. And so when you're looking at, minerals in your body, you have to remember that, which is why really and truly it's important to have a practitioner you're working with to look at a hair tissue mineral analysis to explain it. Because again, you could just look at it and be like, you know, read it for what exactly what it is for face value. The other thing I want to mention is kind of what exactly a hair tissue and mineral analysis is, <laughs> because I think it's an important distinction uh, between like getting, cause you can go to the doctor, right. And you can get a blood test. You can get a blood test to measure your, your minerals. But here's the thing when you're measuring a blood test or you're measuring, like you're getting a blood test, like looking at blood levels, it's really just giving you kind of just this like acute picture of what's going on, like what's going on kind of in the moment. The other thing is when you're looking at, at minerals, most minerals, not most, a lot of minerals, and really the, the four main ones that I'm going to talk about today, most of these are intracellular, meaning they're supposed to be in your cells. So if you're measuring your blood, it's really not giving you a picture of what's going on in your body at a cellular level, right? It's just what's in your blood. And not only that, but you have minerals like calcium. Calcium is a structural mineral, which means that it's supposed to be in your bones and your teeth. 99% of calcium is supposed to be in your bones and your teeth. So if you're doing a blood test, like it's not really, it's not really telling you a whole lot. It's not really giving you a good picture. So when we're looking at a hair tissue and mineral analysis, it's much more accurate, a much more accurate picture of what's going on chronically because it's what's being pushed out into your tissues. And it's, it's giving you a better picture of what's going on over time. So when you're doing it, when you're doing the HTMA, it's really a picture of what's gone on for the last 90 days, like what your body's pushing out over the last 90 days. So when your body, it has either bio unavailable minerals, meaning like your body can't use them, it's pushing it out into your tissues and your hair is a tissue. And so that's what it's measuring, what's being pushed out. And I'm going to kind of get deeper to that in a second because I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. But I just wanted to explain the difference because I, I get that question a lot too. Like, well, why, I mean, what's the big deal with the, you know, with the, the hair, the HTMA, like, why can't I just go get the blood test? And that, that's why. And I think it's important to understand exactly why the HTMA is so helpful and so valuable because it really is. And minerals are so important to the body. I mean, there's millions of enzymes. They're needed for millions of enzymes as, as cofactors. They help these enzymes do their job and they help hormones do their job and they help your nervous system. I mean, they're literally are helping every part of your body. And so having a good, accurate picture of what's going on in your body at a cellular level is really what you want to look at when you're looking at mineral imbalances. And so I, I just, I encourage you, if you've never done HTMA, 
reach out to somebody. I, I run the HTMA on my clients. I can run it for you. And because the, the blood tests that you get, it, it's just, it's just not very helpful. So anyway, that's my spiel on that, but I want to get into kind of this kind of overview. So the HTMA is going to give, give, give a good look at where the defici- deficiencies are. I don't know why I can't speak today and where the imbalances are. And the four big ones that we look at, the four big macro minerals are potassium, magnesium, sodium, and calcium, right? And you're probably familiar with those, right? They're those big electrolytes that we hear about all the time. And when, again, kind of what I mentioned before, we're not just looking at them like individually, but we're looking at the relationship between those because that's really where the big, um, the big changes happen as we start to heal the body. It's, it's the ratios between them. So I want to kind of break these big four down for you just to kind of explain, to give you a better picture of what it, what the minerals do in the body and why they're so important. So let's start with calcium. So calcium, first of all, oh God, there's so many roles of calcium. It's needed for your thyroid hormone. It helps reduce lactic acid buildup. Like, you know, when you exercise, you build up lactic acid and it helps break that down. Um, insulin release is actually dependent on calcium. So, so a stable blood sugar is needed. Calcium is needed for that. Um, it's, it's responsible for muscle contractions. It controls your nervous system and calcium is interesting because I think a lot of times we think we're calcium deficient, right? We, we hear, you know, osteoporosis and osteopenia and oh, I'm deficient in calcium, but I will tell you that it is actually far more common to have excess than to have deficiency in calcium. And I would say almost, oh man, I, I can't give you a statistic, but I would say it's definitely more than half. I would say probably 75% of the HTMAs that I run for my clients, they're, that it's an excess. It's too much calcium. So again, calcium is a structural mineral. So it, 99% of it is supposed to be in your bones and your teeth. It's when it gets pushed out into the tissue is when it becomes a problem because it's not supposed to be in your tissue. And so when it gets an excess, it starts to be, it starts to push out into it, your, uh, your, your tissues, right? And there's a few reasons for that. Stress can be one thing. So calcium gets pushed out. It's kind of like this protective mechanism to protect your cells against stress hormones, like, like cortisol, right? Cortisol is a stress hormone. And so when your body is constantly in this state of stress, the calcium is going to be pulled out of the bones and the teeth which is why stress is, you know, it's literally putting stress on your body and it's going to build these, what's called a calcium shell around your cells. And it's like this protective thing to protect your cells against, um, the stress hormones. And the other thing of that is, is when it does get pulled out, it, it pushes it into, because it can't see in your blood, it pushes it into your tissue. So the other issue is it, it can, you know, go into all parts of the body can even go into your brain tissue and it can cause a lot of symptoms there. Like, you know, neurological issues, there's headaches and brain fog and memory issues. And, and it can go even deeper than that with like really severe, like, um, you know, mental disorders, right. When you have that much, just getting stuffed into the tissues, um, depression, anxiety, memory loss, um, all of those are symptoms of excess calcium being pushed out into the tissues. A lot of other symptoms too. So you could have muscle aches. Um, let's see, hearing difficulties, fatigue, joint stiffness, because it's responsible for contraction. So it's just, it's like, like your body is like one big contraction, like it can't release it. 
um, weak, weakness in the body, restless legs, super common with excess calcium, constipation. And then you have things like kidney stones and gallstones and bone spurs. All of those are symptoms of excess calcium, this calcium buildup in the body, right? So I think it's important to understand that part of calcium that we don't often hear about. Next, I want to talk about magnesium. Now, magnesium, I've talked about it before, but I'm going to talk about it again, is it is so important in the body. It's responsible for over 500 different enzyme reactions in the body, and it's really easily depleted by stress and anxiety. And so here's the interesting relationship between calcium and magnesium, right? So calcium is responsible for the contraction of the muscle, and magnesium is like this relaxing mineral, right? So it's, it's responsible for this like relaxation of the muscles. So when you're stressed, calcium gets pushed out into the tissues, right? So now there's this excess, this calcium buildup. Well, when you're stressed, magnesium gets depleted. So now you've got like this, these, this counterbalance that's off, right? And so now you're in, like I was saying with the, uh, one of the, uh, symptoms of too much calcium is this like you're basically your body is like stiff and rigid. Like it's this constant state of contraction Well, your, your magnesium is probably deficient. And so now you have no magnesium to help your body relax. So that's why you have that symptom. That's why that symptom is so common. So it's magnesium is super easily depleted by stress and anxiety. It, it uses up a lot of it when you're stressed and when you're anxious. Now, magnesium is an intracellular mineral. And so 99% of it is in the cells, which is why, like I was mentioning before, getting a blood test of magnesium doesn't really give you much information because it's really only like 1% of what's in your body. It's just not a good measure. Magnesium is needed for, uh, let's see, blood sugar metabolism. It regulates your metabolism. It's involved in energy production. It's responsible for cell membrane permeability, meaning like it helps things go in and out of your cells. It helps reduce inflammation. It helps your muscles relax. And it's really an important heart mineral, right? It's really important for heart health and for that relaxation of the heart muscle, right? It's got to contract and relax. Now I will tell you with magnesium, it's much more common to be deficient. I think the number now is like 80 to 85% of us are deficient in magnesium. And really there's a lot of reasons for this. And I know I've talked about this, did an episode on this and I've talked about it on social media too. One of the big reasons for this really is a lot of magnesium we get used to come from the soil and because of our conventional farming practices and just how we've kind of just stripped the soil of, of many of its minerals, we just don't get a lot of it from our food like we used to. The, you know, if the soil is mineral deficient, then the, what's growing in the soil is going to be mineral deficient. So it's just not, um, it's just not full of it like it used to be. So I always recommend taking a supplement, even if you haven't measured that you're deficient. It, I think it's just really good insurance for just the average person. Um, but I did want to talk about deficiencies first. So deficiencies in magnesium, the osteoporosis is really common, arthritis, uh, let's see, depression, PMS, heart disease, um, adrenal insufficient, like like tired adrenals, adrenal fatigue, anxiety, uh, feeling like hyperactivity, ADD, ADHD, tremors, hypertension, like high blood pressure. All of those are symptoms of deficiencies in magnesium. But magnesium is really, you can get it from food. There are foods you can get it from. Again, I still think it's important to have a supplement just because we don't retain a lot of it anyway when we get it from food. The food sources, leafy greens are a really great source of magnesium. 
leafy greens, um, seeds like pumpkin seeds and hip seeds, avocado, uh, dark chocolate, almonds, cashews, all of those are really great food sources. If you're taking a supplement source, you want to look for glycinate or biglycinate. Those are going to be the most absorbable kind. And you're looking for five times your body weight. So typically it's around like five or 600 milligrams. You can also do things like, um, like Epsom salt baths. That's a really great way. As long as you get your feet in there, your feet are going to be the most important thing to soak up these minerals. Epsom salt baths are great. And then if you, if you go back to the episode about magnesium soaks, transdermal magnesium is super helpful for magnesium deficiency and a really great way to really absorb, um, magnesium. So go back to that episode and, um, and I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes too, if you want to buy some of that. It, I have a, actually, if you, if you're listening to this now, you can get a good deal. Cause they're having, I think they're having like a 30% off sale. Um, if you're listening to this, like when this episode goes out in October, so that's magnesium. Next I want to talk about sodium. Sodium is an interesting one because again, I, I just feel like there's just so much, um, I don't want to even say misinformation. I think it's just like misunderstood information or just, it just, just, we just don't know, but sodium is another one of those. So let me say this first. Sodium is, is your primary alkalizer in your body. It's helping your body be alkaline, less acidic, being acidic and acidic state is going to cause more inflammation. Alkaline is going to be the opposite, right? Sodium is regulated by your adrenal glands and your adrenals use more sodium than any part of your body. So when your adrenals are tired, when your adrenals are working super hard, your sodium is getting zapped, like totally zapped. Sodium helps regulate your blood pressure. It helps maintain your fluid balance in your body. It helps maintain proper pH levels. It helps, it influences your stomach acid. It helps with the cell cell membrane permeability, just like magnesium. So it helps like what goes in and out of the cells. And I think it's important to that going back to the stomach acid one that I just said, because this is one of those things too, I think <laughs> this misunderstood piece of sodium because people with chronically low stomach acid really have issues with sodium and it's so common. And I will say this deficiency in sodium is way more common than excess. I'll say that again, deficiency in sodium is way more common than excess. And I know you probably thought it was going to be the opposite because we hear about that all the time, right? Like the doctor's telling you, you know, lower your sodium intake, you've got high blood pressure, blah, blah, blah. Well, honestly, high blood pressure really has nothing to do with sodium than it does with inflammation. You lower the inflammation in your body, your blood pressure is going to go down. So it's, it's just not the, um, like the key indicator that I think we, we think it is. And the reason it's so deficient in so many people is because like I talked about it, this, it's regulated by the adrenal, adrenal glands. Your adrenals are so driven by stress. And because we live in a stressed out world, most of us are chronically stressed. Most of the time it's putting a strain on your adrenals and it's putting a strain on your sodium levels. And this, which is why it's so much more common for it to be deficient. And So if you're deficient in sodium, you're going to experience things like allergies, um, bloating because you have low stomach acids, your, your food can't break down properly. So bloating is super common, um, because you have low hydrochloric acid, depression, dizziness, fatigue, um, weakness. If you feel tired after workout, like this, like extreme fatigue, not just like, oh, I'm a little tired because I worked out, but like, it's hard to recover, um, a slow metabolism, slow oxidation, meaning you break things down slowly super common in sodium, 
um, and deficiencies. Um, poor protein digestion, again, because you're lacking in the stomach acid department, so it's hard for you to break down protein. All of that is, um, is really common and it's evident of sodium deficiency. So when we're looking at sodium, okay, so you're, you're probably thinking, right, okay, so what do, how do I replace sodium? So it's not with table salt. Table salt is just refined sodium. It's like, it's like the white sugar version, right, of sodium. Like, you know, white sugar is like the refined version. It's been stripped of everything and there's no nutritional value. It's the same thing with table salt. So no, table salt is not the way to do that. The best way to really support sodium levels is with unrefined Celtic sea salt. It's white or gray, unrefined Celtic sea salt. It's really hydrating. Even when you get it out of the bag, it's, it's kind of like wet-ish. Like when you look at it, it's super hydrating. It's full of trace minerals and it's really the best way to hydrate your body. Now, I know you've probably heard that pink Himalayan sea salt is better and it is, it's much better than table salt, but I don't typically recommend like supporting your sodium um, your sodium levels with just pink Himalayan sea salt because it's a rock salt and it can accumulate heavy metals. And, and that's what we don't want. We don't want to accumulate, accumulate heavy metals because it, it's in a rock. So it can accumulate that. So I do recommend using unrefined Celtic sea salt, um, gray or white, and using that to support your sodium levels. So sp like sprinkling that in your water in the morning, um, it, it does take some getting used to. I'll say that. And sometimes it doesn't agree with people's stomachs. So if you just do a little bit at a time, do a sprinkle, uh, like a pinch in your water a few times a day is a good way to support that. Um, I, the ideal ratio here, honestly, though, the ideal ratio is that you would get a quarter teaspoon of gray Celtic sea salt for every 32 ounces of water you drink. So that's a quarter teaspoon for every 32 ounces. And I know that sounds like a lot, but that's really how to support healthy sodium levels. And honestly, so many times when you're dehydrated and you're just drinking water, you're really not doing a whole lot. If you've ever felt that feeling where you just feel bloated after you drink a bunch of water, like I'm not really soaking any of this in, it's typically a sodium issue and your body can't hold on to it. There's not, there's no sodium in there to help like regulate where the water is going in and out of your cells, right? Your cells aren't able to like soak it in. So Celtic gray sea salt is a great way to, to help with those healthy sodium level, healthy sodium levels. You can do other things too, like sauerkraut is great. Celery juice is a great source of sodium. Um, beets, Swiss chard, all of those are great, but I really do love the Celtic gray sea salt. So next I want to talk about potassium. Now, potassium is another intracellular mineral, meaning that 99% of it should be in your cells. So again, when you're getting a test and you're looking at, you know, what's it, it it's not a good indication of it. And really, honestly, if you see an elevation in your blood, it really means you're losing potassium because it's not in your cells. So that's an indication that you need potassium. And I have actually heard um, a, people coming to me tell me that their doctors say that they have too much potassium because they do the blood test and it's so high. Like, no, that means you're losing it. It's not supposed to be in your blood. So, um, so yeah, it, it should be in your cells. Potassium helps regulate your blood pressure with sodium. It works together with sodium. It also helps maintain fluid balance and pH levels, just like sodium. It helps with cell permeability, like what's going in and out of the cells. Now, potassium is really important for your thyroid hormone and it sensitizes your cells to your thyroid hormone. So people who deal with hypothyroidism, they deal with Hashimoto's, they have sluggish thyroid are gonna be super low in potassium. Potassium can be so supportive if you're dealing with thyroid issues. Potassium is also a really, another really important heart mineral, and it's responsible for that like nerve contraction of the heart, right? It's responsible for a healthy heart. So this is another thing too. Sometimes I hear of people having like 
like irregular heartbeats or like heart palpitations, potassium. I just had a call with a client not too long ago and she, she had this new symptom, like it just started happening. And funny, ironically enough, we had just done her HTMA because she was telling me before we even looked at her results, it was like a call. We were going to go over her results. And she was like, man, I've been having this weird thing now. I've been having these weird like heart palpitations and my heart's doing this weird thing. And in my head, I already knew because I had looked at her results before and I'm like, huh, funny, you should say that. So then we had a whole conversation about it. And her potassium was like barely even measuring on her HTMA, like barely measuring. So that's super common when you're looking at like weird heart stuff going on. Deficiency in potassium is way more common. I, I mean, I have yet to find anyone who has too much potassium or even like close to too much potassium deficiency is way more common when you're looking at symptoms of deficiency. You could be experiencing things like allergies, constipation, fatigue, irregular heartbeats. Like I was saying, like weird heart patterns, like heart palpitations, exercise intolerance. Like just, just, you just don't have the energy to work out. Like you just can't work out. You just can't do it. Um, muscle weakness, feeling like your muscles just can't function properly, skin problems, a lot of skin things show up, uh, like eczema and hives and weird acne stuff. Um, all of that can be symptoms of low potassium. Now, if you're looking to help with your potassium, really the best place is going to be through food. The best way to get it is through food. Your body best absorbs it through food. Cause really you do need a lot of it. 4,500 milligrams per day is a recommended amount and your body's going to best absorb from food. Avocados, bananas, and coconut water are the best places to get potassium. Now, if you are supplementing it, um, like I would say no more than like 900 milligrams per day, like 300 to 900, but there's some other good food sources. Um, acorn squash, celery juice. It's another one. So celery juice is really great for sodium and potassium. It's really hydrating coconut water, coconut milk, um, avocados, really great source. So yeah, avocados, bananas, and coconut water, are really my top three. Um, you can make smoothies and stuff out of this too. Like if making a smoothie with avocado, banana, coconut water, maybe putting a little bit of like protein powder in there. That's a really, really good way to supplement potassium. So talking about the big four, I kind of want to go a little bit, I don't want to get too nerdy here, but I want to nerd out a little bit on the mineral ratios because I think it's important. So let's talk about some mineral, because again, it's not just about the individual minerals, but it's about the ratios between all of these. So you've already learned so far that your thyroid, your blood sugar, um, your heart, your nervous system, we talked about all these parts of the body that are important for these. And these are just four. I've only talked about four. There's dozens and dozens of other ones that we haven't talked about that are also important for functions in the body, but it's also important to look at the ratios. So Let's talk a little bit about these. So first there's this sodium to potassium ratio. So we're looking at the sodium potassium ratio. This is really, they call it the vitality ratio. Like how much vitality do you have in your body? Like how is your nervous system? How is your body functioning? And when we're looking at a sodium to potassium ratio, we're looking at like how your adrenals are functioning and your kidneys and really like how your cells, this electrical potential of your cells, like how are your cells functioning and working? And so I can't say like high or low is more common than the other, but it's, it's typically either high or low. This one, it's not typically in range when I'm looking at these. So you're looking at things, you know, when, when this ratio is off, high or low, you're looking at like inflammation, PMS, irritability, um, a high ratio is actually a good indication of estrogen dominance when there's just too much estrogen in the body and it's causing inflammation, um, it, you know, stress, 
you can find things like allergies and sugar cravings, chronic infections, um, stomach acid issues. There's so many symptoms of, of this ratio being off, but it really is a good indication of like what kind of vitality, like what your cell, how your cells are functioning in the body. And this is a good indication. I can usually have a good look at what your estrogen and progesterone levels are. And like, um, if you're progesterone dominant, if you're estrogen dominant, right, just by looking at this ratio. Another important ratio is the sodium to magnesium ratio. This is really a measure of how your adrenals are functioning and whether your adrenals are like working overtime and they're about to burn out or if they've already worked overtime and they are burned out. And I know, I think I've mentioned this before on the show, but when you're looking at your adrenal activity, your adrenals, again, this is what pumps out your stress hormones, like cortisol. They work and they work and they work and they work. And when your body is stressed, it keeps, they work harder and harder and harder. It's pushing and pushing all this cortisol out and they're working like, like excessively. They're like hyperactive. Well, eventually they're going to burn out. So it's kind of like this, like this peak, right? It's like going up this mountaintop, it's going to get to the top and then it's just going to plummet. And so when we're looking at the sodium to magnesium ratio, if it's a high ratio, we're looking at like your adrenals are working and overtime. And if you're not careful, you're going to hit burnout real fast and your adrenals are going to just stop working. So this is where we have a good warning. Like, okay, like we, we've caught it in time before you're in that like exhaustive phase for your adrenals. However, if you're, if you, if your uh, ratio is low, sodium to magnesium ratio is low, you're already there. You are, your adrenals are super sluggish. They're having a hard time functioning. Adrenal fatigue has set in. You are tired, um, decreased stamina, poor digestion. You could be looking at allergies and weight fluctuations and so many symptoms are coming up. So this ratio is really crucial to look at like what's going on with your adrenals. So next I want to talk about the zinc to copper ratio. This one is considered the hormone ratio. And this is a really good indication of what your hormones are doing in the body. Well, testosterone in men, but progesterone and estrogen are really the ones we're looking at in women because estrogen actually enhances <clears throat> the copper, uh, the production of, of, yeah, the of copper retention of copper, and then copper stimulates the production of estrogen. So if there's too much copper in the body, there's too much estrogen in the body. So we have a look at if there's, you know, a lot of times we're looking at copper toxicity, which is a topic for a whole other day, but we're looking at too much copper. We're typically looking at too much estrogen. There's a lot of estrogen too much in the body and it can get to a dangerous level. So next I want to talk about the calcium to magnesium. And this is the blood sugar ratio. So calcium helps in insulin release and then magnesium inhibits insulin release. So they kind of work um, like opposite each other, right? But we need both of these to kind of balance out what's happening with your blood sugar. And so we're looking at this ratio. If your calcium is really far above magnesium, there's not a lot of insulin clearance, which means that you've got super low blood sugar. And then the opposite is true. So it, this is a good look at like your carb metabolism and how your blood sugar is, right? And if it's associated with low blood sugar, high blood sugar, and uh, it typically is a good indication of what's going on in your diet. Um, and, you know, of course, there's other factors involved too, like stress and stress is going to raise calcium. So it's going to throw off the, uh, the ratio, but being able to balance out the calcium and magnesium in the right way is going to help balance the blood sugar and help with that carb metabolism. So those are the important ratios that I wanted to talk about. And just to give you this, you know, just this brief overview of minerals. So you have a good, just wanted to give a good picture of why it's important. And when we're looking at, we're looking at, um, 
these mineral relationships with each other and we're looking at mineral balancing, I mean, it's, it's so important for just overall vitality and for looking at so many pieces of, of, of your health, right? Because we're looking, I mean, it's how your adrenals are functioning and your thyroid and your hormones and your gut and your liver. And I mean, there's so many pieces that this gives evidence to. And which is why I, I put so much emphasis on the HTMA and, and retesting. This is one of those that you can retest, you know, every few months to really get a good look at how things are moving, like what direction they're going. Because the other thing, and I didn't talk about this really, but the other thing that the HTMA tells you, it gives a good look at heavy metals too, like what heavy metals are evident in the body. And that's going to mess up your mineral balances as well. When you, when your body is pushing out these heavy metals. Right. And so I hope this gives you a good picture of why it's so important to balance minerals and why this really has to be part of your healing protocol. You know, helping the gut and all these other things, of course, are important, but you can't really get to that level of healing that you're looking for without managing this part. And they're not going to balance out on their own. They're not. It's going to require some help, some assistance from some food, some lifestyle changes, some dietary changes, supplementing in the right way, all of that. And which is really why I created this program that I want to talk about for a second, my heal, uh, uh, mineral bouncing program. It's a 90 day program really for this exact purpose. It's to help you restore and repair mineral levels. And it's bringing balance to your hormones and your thyroid, your adrenals, your blood sugar regulation, your nervous system. I mean, it's your overall health and vitality is, is contingent upon balancing these minerals. So inside the program, we look at your own HTMA. So you get the HTMA, you do it at home, you send it in, I get the results. We look at it to see where all the, the healing opportunities are, where the imbalances are, where are things out of whack. And then we can create a customized protocol to address all of these imbalances and deficiencies with the minerals. And again, it, it all goes back to just how effective the HTMA is at measuring the functions of the body at a cellular level. Because the, the blood test can only reveal so much. It's only revealing what's happening at this acute state, right? This acute stage, is these acute conditions. But it's not accurate at pinpointing chronic conditions, what's going on in your body chronically at a cellular level. And the hair tissue is really, in my opinion, it's the only way to really look at what's going on at a cellular level. So with the results of your HTMA, we're able to see where the imbalances are. We're going to get a good look at the function of your adrenals, your thyroid, your hormones, your metabolism, your blood sugar regulation, your carb metabolism, your nervous system, like everything that's going on in your body. And it's also going to determine your metabolic type, like how you should be eating for your body. Are you a slow oxidizer? Do you break things down more slowly? Are you a fast oxidizer? Are you breaking things down more quickly? And, and really being a fast over a slow isn't necessarily good either because there can be such a thing as too fast. So it's a good indication on like how we need to adjust your metabolic type. It's a good picture of like, because there are lots of ways we can kind of adjust your metabolic type. If you are a slow oxidizer, if you are breaking things down more slowly, that means it's a good indication that you might also be holding on to like heavy metals and stuff too, because your body's not able to get, you're not, they're not, it's not able to detox quickly. So it's holding on to things. So we can do things to help support that oxidation state and, and support it to get it to a level where you can, you know, be detoxing things in a more efficient way. So if you have ever dealt with low energy levels, trouble sleeping, thyroid issues, hormonal imbalances, anxiety, depression, brain fog, trouble losing weight, uh, ADD, ADHD, PCOS, infertility, 
joint pain, joint stiffness, inflammation, gut issues, chronic viruses, chronic illnesses, immune deficiencies, any mystery symptom where you're like, I have no idea why I feel this way. These are most likely mineral imbalances going on in the body that have to be addressed. And the HTMA really is the best way to do that. And that's what we address inside this heal program. And that's why I'm so excited to bring you this program because I mean, this really is for so many people, the missing piece. And it's a great way, really, it's a great way to get into work with me. I know not everybody is, um, you know, has the means to do like an in-depth one-on-one, you know, program with me. And this is a great way to do it at a smaller level. And you get this one lab that tells you so much. You don't necessarily have to run, you know, five other labs to, to know everything that's going on in the body. This one tells you so much. So I would love to see you inside the program. I'm going to put a link in because there's a couple ways to do it. There's a group program and then there's a one-on-one. So, um, you know, depending on your budget and just, you know, what, what you want your, your healing journey to look like. If you want the more one-on-one support, you have that option. If you're good with the group program, you have that option. So I'm going to put a link in um, the show notes to all of that. And if you have questions about it, for sure, just send me an email, find me on social media, ask me questions, shoot me an email, um, about the program itself, but either way, I hope this little mini lesson that we just did on minerals and mineral balancing, uh, really drove home the point that mineral balancing is so important for your health and for your vitality and for your longevity. And it's something that you should really put a focus on. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And if any of this resonated with you and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to hopeful and wholesome y'all. If you found value in this week's episode, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and leave a review to let me know what you thought. I'd love to know what you find useful in these episodes so I can know how to provide the most value I can to my listeners. And if you have topics you'd like to know more about, I'd love to hear those as well. So shoot me a message on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. It's at the Hope Pedraza, or you can visit my website, hopefulandwholesome.com. Thanks, y'all.